0: This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Acme.
1: Thank you for coming to this first thing on a... 9 o'clock on the last day of the conference. Thank you. I think it'll be worth your while. Um, I'm Leanne Puli. I'm a New Zealand-based filmmaker. And I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kūlum Nation before we start. I'm really grateful to the AIDC for bringing me over to take part in what is always such an inspiring few days and especially to help moderate this session because I think the documentary musical is a development in our genre that has has really pushed the boundaries of the documentary form. This session is about deconstructing the documentary musical. So before I start, I think we should just clarify what a documentary musical is, and I think I can do that best by explaining what it isn't. It isn't a musical documentary like the Rolling Stones film, Shine a Light, nor is it a (coughs) documentary that explores the power of music as something like Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony did. Those are great films, but they are music documentaries. And what we're here to talk about today is documentary musicals. In my mind, and and this is what we're going to talk about in the session, a documentary musical is a documentary that uses music as a language to explore subject matter that might have nothing to do with music, where performance is integrated into the narrative structure of the story. And the film we're talking about today, which did this so beautifully, is Kelrick Martin's Prison Songs. Prison Songs was a good pitch winner. It is screened at festivals around the world, has been nominated for numerous awards. Too many for me to go list them all here. But I will mention that it won the World Humanitarian Documentary of the Year Award at Banff, which is amazing. Um, it now forms a central element of a national campaign to reduce Indigenous incarceration in Australia. So, I'd like to induce the creative team behind this amazing documentary. Sitting next to me is director and co producer Kelrick Martin. Kelrick's a Bunavar man from Broome, Western Australia. Kelrick has a varied career in the industry. He's been a presenter on both radio and television, a radio producer, a television series producer, and, of course, a documentary filmmaker. He has He was NITV's first commissioning editor, and he runs Spearpoint Productions, from where he has established himself as a key figure in WA's indigenous screen production sector, particularly in his role as indigenous manager for Screen West. This being a documentary musical, uh, of course, the music team was crucial to the heart and soul of making the film. Uh, So on the stage we have Casey Beneteau and Shelley Morris. Shelley is a proud Yanyua and Wardaman woman from Northern Territory. She's a singer, songwriter, performer, composer. And she brought, Shelley brought her keen interest in social justice and usul- utilising music as a healing tool to this beautiful film. Casey Benetton may be familiar to some of you as the co-host of Super Fluty <laughs> on uh, R fm or as a member of the Norells. <laughs> um, Casey's a musician, writer, broadcaster, MC, actor and in today's conversation, a composer These guys, y- y- you're in for a treat because aside from anything, Casey's brought a guitar and Shelley's brought... That's like a threat <laughs>
2: <laughs> Like a threat
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: brought a guitar and I'm not afraid to use it, people
1: <laughs> <laughs> And Harry Bardwell Harry will be familiar to some of you. He's been around a little while. (laughs) Harry is currently managing. (laughs) That wasn't, that wasn't loaded.
3: <laughs>
1: Harry's currently managing Beyond West for Beyond International. Harry's a producer, a documentary filmmaker. He's been a network executive. We're not going to hold that against him. And a commissioning editor. Um, Prison Songs, I'm going to start with Harry, because Prison Songs began, as I understand it, Harry, because you were having a conversation with a British-based filmmaker named Brian Hill. Brian uh, is a London-based documentary filmmaker who's picked up... Uh, Three BAFTAs, which I think is frickin' greedy, if I have to say so myself. <laughs> um, three BAFTAs, uh, uh, and he's made the musical... Uh, he's he, he's made a number of um, documentary musicals, including Drinking for England, Feltnum Sings and Songbirds. And Harry and, and uh, Brian had worked together in the past. So, Harry, can you just tell me a little bit about how it all began?
4: Uh, thanks for coming. Yes, we will be playing music so that you can just ease into the day. Um, uh, yeah, Brian and I had worked together for a long, long time dating dating back to Sylvania Waters actually was our, a project we made together a long time ago. Brian, in the over the last 10, 15 years had developed the documentary musical and uh, as a result of putting poetry in as narration into films gradually getting people into singing and... Uh, that led to him winning a BAFTA for, I think, did he win a BAFTA for Drinking for England? I no, think? it, it so was it?
1: nominated, but, but I think Feltham w- Sings he did won. Win,
4: he won one for Feltham Sings. And we were uh, looking at doing something like this together for SBS. And uh, for it, for a number of reasons, it took ages to get it, not least of which was just getting into the prison finding a prison that would actually allow us to have the access that we required and do something as strange as getting people to run around singing and dancing in the middle of their prison sentence. Um, and so by the time we got all that together, uh, Brian, Brian came out and he's an executive producer on the show and helped mentor Kelrick and I to actually make the film. And it, so it wasn't our original idea, but I think we, I think Kerrick in particular, made it into an original film that moves the form forward from where Brian had done it, and applied it to the culture of the Northern Territory. In, in addition, without my two colleagues here on my right, um, I think that the important thing—I'll just sort of make a statement, which Brian always likes to make as well—that the reason why these films seem to work. Is they sound bizarre when you explain it but when you actually see it the the use of music places everybody on a different plane when you're making the film it gives the people who are involved the direct the production team the director and the subject are placed on a different because they're working together to make a song when you actually sing that song not only are you not being judged on your level of articulateness in, in English. Arti- your arti- what is the right <laughs> <word>? <laughs> Your ability to speak, you're not being judged. You're you placed on a, on a different plane that, that is accepted in our culture to do with poetry and music. And similarly, if you don't necessarily like the people that you're looking at, you tend to not listen to them very much for very long. If they suddenly start singing, you will go with that for... You know, the audience will go with it for a lot longer. This, we've found, works quite well on television. It works extremely well in small groups where people are watching it and then talking afterwards, which is part of the reason why it's gone into this Good Pitch outreach programme. I think... It might be interesting to look at Felton Sings at this point, yes. and, which was a juvenile prison in London, in London that Brian got into and made a song. Uh, made this uh, film working with a composer and poet whose name I can't remember we worked with closely who wrote these poet poems that the prisoners recited. That was a sort of a, an earlier version of, of something that certainly informed us. So Brian came out and worked with us to show us the way which we're going to talk about of crafting these films.
1: Um, well, maybe we should... Th- I mean, because I think it, the process of the film yep. is, is is the same as a normal documentary and very different from a normal documentary. Correct. So I think we should just just sort of deconstruct those similarities and those those things that make it different. So, Kelrick maybe talk to me a little bit about... Obviously, in any documentary, <coughs> casting it, which is actually what you do in a documentary. You choose your <coughs> central characters the way you would in any film. How did you go about casting this documentary what did you look for was it about singing voices or was it about story or was it about personality tell me how you went about it
5: yeah um look i guess we, when we approached this so, uh, understanding the issue is probably the most important thing and trying to get your head around how uh, complicated uh, indigenous over over incarceration is in this country um i think people tend to uh, assume that it's a a fairly kind of uh, homogenous group of people that are ending up in jail. It's actually quite uh, quite the opposite. The reasons why people are in prison in the first place are, are diverse. Um, and so I guess for my purposes in casting this film, I wanted to represent that diversity. Um, but I also wanted to represent the cultural diversity within that particular prison, Barhamo, in The Northern Territory which is a very unique uh, prison. And I do thank Harry for... Uh, busted his asked to get us inside there um, because it's a, a, an intriguing mix of both uh, uh, remote cultural groups, uh, people that live in remote areas being inter- interred in, a, in one location, but also uh, people who grow up in a more urban environment, and uh, and so it's um, it's quite intriguing in that sense. But uh, yes, yeah, certainly we wanted to try and cast uh, people with different stories, uh, people uh, who come from different backgrounds. Uh, we didn't really care if they could sing or not. Um, obviously it would help, um, but uh, you know we weren't quite concerned about that. For us, it was much more about the story itself and the characters and their ability to be able to uh, present themselves and just be able to articulate how they felt and what they were thinking and all that sort of stuff, yeah.
1: And so as I understand it, um, and we'll bring uh, Shelly in on this too, you sat down with the prisoners that you were going to work with and you did extensive interviews with them. Shelley, can you tell me a little bit about what happened at that stage and how those interviews morphed into music?
0: Um, I think um, when we were... Um, ...Kellrick and their mob were doing all-day interviews... Um, ...it was listening to key things that were coming up... ...and there was many um, issues that were quite common.
1: In we'll establish that Shelley, was the, you were there in the, in the room, yeah. right?
0: yeah I was all, yeah, I was there and listening on headphones and writing my notes. And yeah, so that was the there was reoccurring themes that were coming back. and yeah, it was uh, it was quite emotional too, um obviously, you know, with the hours of footage that uh, you know Kellerrick and them mob did, but yeah, and that stuff didn't make the film, but there were there were definitely it was quite you know, moving as well, quite emotional.
1: So you're listening to the interviews, uh, the, the prisoners are telling their stories, mm. and then you, you take those stories and you start to write songs. Can you tell me how that process worked? How, how you approached the writing the songs, the connection to what these people said and, and how much you could bring to their stories? How did that work?
0: I will, and then, of course, um, we were looking for another writer, and then they found this wonderful human on my right here called Casey Bonetto and so we uh, we had the themes ready to go and so we got together so
1: by the themes you mean the, the sort of thematic
0: like mm-hmm. grog the alcohol um, domestic. domestic and family violence mm-hmm. And things like that,
4: jealousy
0: yeah, jealousy, yeah, all these emotions and things that were coming in and and through, and through that, we sort of had some key moments, so we were picking out bits um, of the stories, really, and um, working with that: yeah.
1: I think it, it, it might be worth talking a little bit about Silver Princess and how you and casey you were playing it before, and I think it's worth I think it's actually worth I was thinking when you were, when you had the guitar out before. Listening to the two of you do that song, and then seeing the clip, if, if you guys don't mind doing it that way around, because sure. I think it's, that's the way it would have been yep. sure. in the process. So,
2: well, the t- way it, the way it would start is we're getting the um, uh, we were actually getting transcripts uh, as we were writing the songs. We had a very short window in which to write the songs, but we we were um,
1: yeah. Tell us the window.
2: Uh, was about a week. A How week. many songs? A week and a bit. ten
4: days. Oh, no. <laughs> ten days.
2: <laughs> ten days and it was... We, we wanted ten songs. We didn't quite get to ten songs. We got nine, eh? Yeah, yeah, we nice. got nine. Um, Song a day. And, uh, <laughs> they, did a, they did
3: a fucking awesome
4: job. <laughs> yeah, it was just unbelievable. Um
2: but because we were getting sort of transcripts through at the same time as we were starting to write them, you, you, we, we'd we had the thing where we, we sort of had copies of the transcripts we'd comb through, get out the the highlighter pen and go, oh, this section, this is yeah. particularly speaking to me. And it was interesting. I was just thinking then when we were um, playing that opening clip of, of um, uh, yeah. Max during Waking Up in Berrima, when he's um, uh, talking about his mother saying, you know, him saying, oh, at least I didn't hurt anybody, and she's saying, you hurt everybody. There were a few occasions like that when you're going through the transcripts and you'd highlight something, you'd go, that's a terrific piece and then you'd go, that's going to be in the movie as it is. That's going to be like, we're going to have to play that that interview clip. So there's no point in putting that into a song. So you had to be, they they had to be sort of more widely themed rather yeah. than taking moments and Ooh. going, oh, that, we must make a song out of that because then you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul in the end, right. you know.
1: And were you talking... Were you sort of talking all the time together? I mean, did Kellogg ever say to you, you need to get this line in, or was... was Not not really. No,
4: it? no. We, we worked on the themes. We wanted we wanted a specific set of themes. Yes. Mm. And they were taken out of each of the characters and each of the... Of, of the you know, it's to cover... <clears throat> so we knew the broad scope of what we were trying to achieve. Yeah, there's a song about...
5: Uh obviously the alcohol issue which we knew would be something that would be prevalent within the film Uh, there was the story of uh, of of prison being a sanctuary of being a place that um, rejuvenates rather than being a sort of a punishment Um, so just working on those themes I think these guys just went for it and it was an absolute pleasure to see or hear all the stuff that would come back from from these guys
0: and And and, um, just before we do (coughs) sing that song I just wanted to there was a reason why the song's cheeky. One is, you know, I do extensive work in remote communities and I'm employed or or working alongside many different organisations. And it's don't sniff petrol, don't drink, don't smoke, don't swear, don't have sex, don't nothing, don't laugh, you know, everything is no. (laughs) So, and I thought, well, the alcohol issue in Australia is not just a black issue, it's an issue. And so it's like, you know, the one that Brian did in Drinking for England or something like that. And so I just wanted it to be really clever and that's where Mr Bonetto comes in and and funny because, you know, just of course everybody knows if, if, if you drink too much and fall down, you know, and, and swear and punch someone in the head, well, that's no good. But everyone knows that. So that's why I just wanted to reiterate mm-hmm. that because they just over all the nose and not
1: I mean, that is the joy of this form, isn't it? That you can explore things with humour and with irony and, and just music opens up all those doors that would sound... You know, in the subject alcohol, it's a fricking dry subject, isn't it? At the end yeah. of the day, it's dry. And so you took something and, 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 and gave it life. Get that guitar out, my friend.
5: Get that guitar yeah, I, mean, I, guess, I guess it's more about sort of break. For me, it was more about sort of breaking preconceptions. You know, it's Aboriginal right. people. Yeah. Oh, well, they're not allowed to drink because they're Aboriginal and obviously our problems with alcohol. And it's like, well, Aboriginal people are people at the end of the day. And yeah. if they want to have a drink, then like yeah. any other Australian, they can bloody have one if they want. So, yeah, except and we get why, chucked in jail. And why jailed. not for the reasons of celebrating and having a good time like everybody else <laughs> does?
0: Yeah, except we get chucked in jail. Well, <laughs> if I was with Harry, I'll be in the paddy wagon. He'll be just going, no, see you later, see you." <laughs> <laughs> nah. mm.
3: Love About the sweetheart I've been dreaming of A special someone always there for me A very pretty kind of company She got a beauty I can celebrate The kind of body I appreciate And when I hold her in the firelight She helps me make it through the night Alcohol, I never had a chance at all. You had me from the start. You poured into my heart, brightened up my day. Hey, 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 alcohol. You pick me up and let me fall. You cut me down to size, a devil in disguise, and I can't get away. Now let me tell you about a sweet romance
0: The kind of lover who can make me dance He get me dizzy with a magic kiss Intoxicated with a taste of bliss It's like I'm walking in a happy cloud. He make a party out of every crowd You drive me crazy and he make me shout You know you really knock me
3: out I'm talking about alcohol I never had a chance at all You had me from the start You into my heart Biden up my day Hey! 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 Alcohol You picked me up and let me fall You cut me down to size The devil in disguise And I can't get away now it's late and I can't think straight. I think I'm wasted, wasted. Drank a flood of that monkey blood and I'm blind. I'm in a mess. I'm lying with my silver princess and feeling like the whole world has left me behind.
2: Okay, so trumpet solo, right? And I did a trumpet solo on the demo, and then went in to my horror when I saw the final film. It it's still my trumpet. <laughs> I cannot play the trumpet for the life of me. But then it kind of worked for the song, you know, to have this drank, trumpet drank. half falling apart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, let me tell you about the morning sun. He pointed at me like a load of gun. I can't remember what I did and said. Got a hammer banging in my head.
3: I guess my lover left me high and dry. But there are others who can testify to all the trouble that we got into and what my baby made me do. Oh, I'm talking about start you fall into my heart and brightened up my day hey 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 i'll come you pick me up and let me fall you cut me down to size a devil in disguise and i can't get away i said you cut me down to size a devil in disguise and i can't get away
4: Hey. <laughs> That's woken us up. So
1: aside from anything, how often do you watch a documentary that makes you kind of want to <laughs>
4: dance, you
1: know? And, and so just talk us through now. So you, you guys write these beautiful songs. How do you present the songs to the inmates that you're going to use to perform, or, or who are going to perform them? How did that process work? Talk us through the recording process of that song, and then we'll have a look at it.
5: Um, Well first of all I probably should point out that when I heard the song and knew that it was going to be included in the film I was convinced I was going to hell um, (laughs) (laughs) as an Aboriginal filmmaker but um, I, I, I guess it was just kind of just get in there and just do it really so we had the recordings sat down with each, because each of these songs you've got to realise is custom made for each particular inmate. Um, and, we... and
2: we were, I wanted to say too, we, we were very conscious of, of keeping the forms of them very simple and all that sort of stuff. Not writing the kind of song where you sort of get halfway through a bridge and then it goes into three, four time and sideways. Because you can just imagine someone trying to teach an inmate who doesn't normally sing um, how to approach that song and it being more trouble than it was, you know. You just wouldn't get it down. You wouldn't get a version of the song down. So we were very conscious of trying to write mm. um,
5: forms that, that, that were accessible. And, uh, and so I guess we just played them the song. But yeah. tell me, and I know there was crazy. a
1: studio in the prison. Tell me a little bit about what happened. How, how, how did it work? Deconstruct it, Go I on, guess. Harry,
4: you can get a note.
1: Harry, what happened? What
4: well, happened first, first of all, the guys <laughs> came, came down here and, and, and actually in Melbourne wrote the songs... Laid the songs out as a basic track. Yeah, I did.
2: did I've got a home studio, yep. and just sort of put demos together,
4: Ooh. which were then worked up with Tim Cole, who was the music producer, uh, and taken back to the prison where we created. Uh, we got a uh, a donga, a prison demountable, uh, which was lockable, which was a studio, and created it into a studio. You tell us, and, and then Shelley largely worked. With Tim and the prisoners. So talk that well, through
0: a bit. Yeah, well, Kelerick first and um, Harry were picking... ..and and to what that word is? Um, um, well, sharing. Counts. No, sharing who's going to sing what first. So they, the songs were created because this grog song, this alcohol song, you know, was shared over some stories and issues that related to their lives. And then... Uh, yeah, I had the job of going in and, and I think you were there for a couple of first times when we played the songs to everyone. And, you know, it's kind of like your life's on the line because you can go, oh, my God, mm. fuck, what happens if they don't like it? Anyway, but, um, but everyone was incredibly um, stoked and quite moved at the, the piece that was written for them. And then obviously rehearsals and that's just going in and finding the time and the space. And to get anything to anyone in any prison is incredibly difficult. So you've got the the guards that hate your guts, you know, that's just how it is. You've got the really racist ones and you've got the really generous kind, think this is awesome. And so they're the issues that we were dealing with every single day and we were there quite a lot. And, like, who are you?
4: (laughs) After they'd seen oh, you about 20 times. Yeah, they have
0: seen you 20 times and they just like, you know, and who do you think you are walking around this prison? So, yeah, it was um, very challenging at times. Um, but Kel, um, and, yeah, but I did, I really enjoyed that process. Um, so it, the,
4: pro- the actual process was, so we, and you'd correct me if uh, we create, so the songs were written and laid down as a guide track with Casey so they so you'd have a a song track and a music track
1: after the interviews
4: after the interviews so we had an interview at this point as filmmakers we had the characters we had the interviews and then we had the songs the songs are being meshed with who who will sing these songs we knew partially that we're adapting that Kerrick's thinking about where he's going to actually shoot them how he's going to shoot them we bring the prisoners in rehearse them get them to, to get them Kerrick had already spent a long time working with the filmmakers uh, sorry with the prisoners getting their confidence getting them to express their lives many of these people had never spoken about what the stories that they're telling then you had to get them up to the stage where they felt confident to be able to sing it so you give them the song basically in basic form and coach them through it they learn the song they learn how to sing it they lay it down
3: hmm.
4: often actually we in the final film, there's bits even to this day of Casey and Shelley still in the back <laughs> background of the, of the mm. songs. Um, with Tim gradually meshing all this together, he then subsequently takes those uh, basic songs and makes them into tracks, which to make the film, we put on a boombox and then played them and made them as a clip pl- 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 with that as the sort of... Pl- so
1: you're making a pop video in a prison. Mm. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. How did you get the trust? I mean, those people are vulnerable from the start, normally, and then you're asking them to dance around the courtyard and through the laundry room and what have you. Talk to me a little bit about trust, which is a big part of any documentary, but I think in this one it's exceptionally so.
5: Yeah, look, I think, um, as you say, it's, it's incredibly important when you're making any film. Uh, I think time, investing time um, and being very clear up front what it is that we're doing and how we're going about it and the implications of being involved in the film as well. I mean, I think um, I've probably said this a million times and these guys probably hit sick of hearing me say it, but uh, before we would do anything with anybody, um, we would be very clear that a documentary isn't just like a newspaper where people read it and then they throw it away the next day and they forget about it. It's something that is in existence for a very, very long time. It's uh, highly likely that the grandchildren of these particular participants will see this film. So... Uh, it's about being very clear about that from the beginning um, and, and just sort of explaining that, um, that the importance of the, the message that they have to tell and the impact that that message could potentially have for others who may be quite vulnerable like them. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty important, I think.
1: And the process of choreographing the, the routines. Can you talk us through that a little bit? How did that work? Well,
5: I'm no choreographer, I can tell you right now. Um, no, we had, uh, we had a choreographer... Come in and um, and work with the ladies uh, and the men to put those uh, performances together. And as Casey mentioned before, keeping it simple uh, for people who aren't traditionally dancers, although there were some pretty awesome dancers in there. Um, and uh, and that person was just happened to be my brother, um, <laughs> who was a former dancer with Bangara. And uh, it was just I think everyone just had a bloody good time. Like mm. when you if you see the size of that courtyard that those women are in uh, when they're performing that song, that's their world for like you know days and weeks of the year and um they don't really get out of that very much so for us to come in and say come on let's have a dance and sing to this crazy song and put a performance on they loved it, they thought it that's was right a great time. Um, uh, that's i
2: was gonna say that's where it breaks the other way when we talk about uh, the necessity of establishing trust and their vulnerability and all that sort of stuff is absolutely <coughs> true of course but the other half of it is they're also all very very bored mm. because they're all just mm. in a prison yeah. where every day is the same and there is nothing to do yeah, they doing to change up the thing yeah, so if someone it. comes in and goes and today you're going to be you know dancing for a documentary yeah it. that's right it said well that's different <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course um and the thing that was you know really wonderful and harry and kelrick and and all of us on the team had always said you know you're the boss of this your story and if you don't like it you can cut it out, you know. So everything was, all the bits went back to everyone, so everyone can see it. And of course, they saw the film before anyone else. And there were so many things. You know, I, I live in Darwin, so I know a lot of their family. So before it went to air, you know, Max's mum's a good friend of mine. She So those sort of things were important. There were so many other issues around it, and that was, um, which was really wonderful. And I was very, proud to be a part of that it was transparent and easy to see and that you were in charge of your own story
4: it was certainly freaking when, when we were particularly when we were doing the dancing stuff the waters were constant what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing you're supposed to coming in here making a documentary you know these people aren't supposed to be shown to be having fun you know they were it was a bit of a but luckily we had the support From the top if we hadn't had it we couldn't possibly have done it but the guy who was the commissioner of the prison was totally behind us and it's a very top down structure so
1: had you shown him any songbirds or Feltonham sings we
4: showed we took Felton sings in uh, and showed all the prison management before we started which was the original because it's
1: you. not hard to it's hard to explain if you don't have. They, they
4: were going okay. <laughs> well, that's not a very good film, you know, because it is about a different prison system. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but they he he certainly went with us, and because it's a top down structure, and I think just de- deconstructing it at a production level for a moment, um, th- most of the films that have been made in this form have been made inside institutions or quite closed environments. They seem to work best in those sort of places. Um, Because it is a musical, you are trying to involve an entire community in creating a musical. You're not creating a concert, which is hard for them to conceive for a while. Um, And because you're integrating, you know, you're observing them and then making these song and dance routines. Uh, And it works best in 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 a closed environment. Inside a prison or a school or an institution that's... Very top down, you have to get you have to get the top people to agree, and then everybody else falls in because obviously when we're inside a prison, you know, in some of some of the film was shot inside maximum. We were walking around all the time in in a small group with warders around us. We couldn't leave anything down on the ground. You know, it was very tightly controlled. And everybody was constantly saying, oh, you're going to have, we're going to have to pay overtime for this. You guys can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was yeah. quite... Prescri- they, were, they were generous, but they, we were in a prison. And, or a hospital or a school. You know, they're the places where these films work.
1: And did you have... Were there, were there uh, inmates that said, uh, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to be involved, keep that fucking camera out of my face? Yeah, there I were
4: th- a few... Mm. Very much there was so. actually there was situa- there was one situation where we were halfway through filming and a guy tried to create a riot in, around us. <clears throat> and I must say hats off to the actually I, you know hard for me to say this, but I actually got a lot of respect for the people that look after those prisons. you know it's a very hard job and and you know particularly while we were there, they carried it out in an extraordinarily clever way that they managed difficult situations
1: and if you were character to, to sort of um, look at the differences between how people what what the music brings to the message you're trying to uh, speak uh, you, what you're trying to say as a filmmaker how much impact do you think making it as a musical documentary rather than just if you got into a prison and made a documentary about incarceration Hmm. what's so boring no
5: that? one's going to watch that yeah but i mean and that's the sort of film i mean i had made films in prisons before um particularly uh dealing with indigenous inmates and um no one watched it no one was interested and i think that um it, it's just the nature of the audience really you know it's aboriginal people oh okay maybe oh and they're prisoners oh hell no you know and it's like i'll go and watch bloody x factor on channel seven or some crap so you know you, you really are battling an audience in that regard so by engaging in the musical form as harry was explaining before you are engaging in the audience in a different way and um and i think that's quite intriguing um for uh, people uh, that are watching indigenous films in particular or people uh, indigenous characters on the screen because again so many people have these preconceptions about who these people are and what they're going to say and how they're going to feel and that that kind of built-in sort of stereotype so uh, to use music to break that down i think is uh, absolutely fantastic and i think we're quite successful in doing that.
1: How tricky was it? You know, we, we, we were talking, Shelley, last night a little bit about putting words in people's mouths. So making sure that the lyrics were articulating something important but not putting words into somebody's mouth that they wouldn't themselves necessarily have occurred to them to say. Just talk a little bit about that balance, taking those interviews and holding the truth of the interview, but still making it into a song? Um,
0: yeah. And also, when we were working with Case, we, um, we always spoke, oh, Blackfellow wouldn't, have, you know, we wouldn't say that, mm. you know, but, but, we, we, but we might say that. But then, when we even got to then um, working with the participants in the film, that even then it changed again. So, beauty became booty in the film. Because that's what he heard, and that
4: is great. And yeah, when they sang the songs, they interpret them back. Yeah, they, they? Right.
2: then
0: then it's reinterpreted.
2: And some some of them changed quite radically, and that was that was yeah. always part of the design. Yeah. Uh, there's a track in it called the Middle, which is a um, a. Uh, Hip-hop. It's hip-hop. It's, it's sort of vaguely my, my version of very low-rent roots kind of backing for a track and it's a, it's a two-person hip-hop. Yeah. And the two guys who were doing it, and I wrote a hip-hop track, you know, full of the authentic Indigenous experience as envisioned by me, which, <laughs> as you can imagine, deeply, deeply, you know, deeply uh, felt. felt and realised. Um, <laughs> and they threw most of it out, but that was sort of the yeah. point. Yeah. That was the you wanted to take, and and it's so always it was the a point, guide, it, wasn't it?
4: You're you providing a guide. Yeah, the but it's
2: always the in any of these projects is not just documentary musical, but in any musical at all. Uh, what you and I guess actually in any script writing sense at all too. What you're hoping is to be able to take the take the words to someone and say now make it your own. Hmm. And in the case of this, it was really important that they make it their own because, yeah, I, l- I listened back to the uh, the um, original rap I wrote this morning, actually, on the way in, and went, yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo! Can't get much wider than that, Casey. <laughs> 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 but I'm, I must say, though, uh, too, at the start of the process, I was very much, I remember in the first meeting we had in Darwin, I was sort of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really reluctant about speaking up, you know, lest I be the... the the doofusy ignorant white guy in the in, in the room continually, you know, speaking up from the wrong perspective. And these guys were very uh, explicit about saying, "No, that's kind of your role <laughs> is to be the doofusy ignorant." You know, to say that and 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 that yeah, way so everyone's getting two. everyone's perspectives and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, uh,
0: that is important. Yeah, and it was a great a uh, great collaboration. I feel very stoked. You know, we both, you know, worked incredibly hard on that. And but yeah. And it was all... And
1: you guys didn't have any fun at all, eh?
0: Not at all. (laughs) Well, actually, there wasn't a lot of time for fun because we were working on sometimes three songs a day. (laughs) And that's intense work. New melodies, new styles. And also stylistically, we wanted to reach out a little bit more Mm, and not mm. just keep it all same-same. You know, desert reggae, saltwater reggae, we just wanted to, you know, move into different genres... Um, that were appropriate to the heart of the song
4: and the character of the. You know we were we, we were we were trying to do a Nick Cave song which sounded in the end like a totally not a Nick Cave song but you know we sort of start that guy's like a Nick Cave song isn't it and that's that should be you know, we, we, we yeah we tried with our characters to 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 put an appropriate song with them yeah yeah, yeah. in some cases it modified largely
0: and also you know the language. Um, groups, you know, English isn't a lot of our family first language. It could be third, fourth, fifth, sometimes sixth language. And so, yeah, it was important too. And I... and I, and I Yeah, I was maybe I need to ask you a question, Calric. I'm here, I've got to ask you a question now. Eh? There we go. So <laughs> why did we do predominantly in English? I mean, why did we...
5: Hmm. Because Casey didn't know how to do your... Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, as in not uh, the thing, yeah. but we, Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You've answered my dumb-ass question that I've been do asked two years later. Do you think
1: it should Just a so curious, you, how much do you think... What do you think, <laughs> the inmates up. who took took part in the film... Huh? Did, they, did you see them grow from the experience of taking part? Did you see this... You know, as you said before, often in documentary you're asking people an opinion and no one's ever asked them before. I mean, uh, in, in ordinary documentary you find that. You're actually asking somebody what they feel and what they think and no one's ever asked them before. And I'm just curious to know, particularly in this environment and, and the opportunity to sing and be in a dance, did you see that have an impact on them as individuals? Anyone?
4: I, well, I, they all look, oh, uh, Harry's going to talk. Um, in, in, in that clip, the guy sitting on the steps, he was one of the first people that we interviewed. He was quite depressed when we first talked. He's quite a different person when he's singing in the laundromat, or he appears to be. Uh, and that was about four months later. You know, By the time we actually, from the beginning of doing the interviews, write the songs, maybe not four months, but several, a couple of months later, He'd been involved in this thing, he'd been rehearsing, he'd been working with the other prisoners. Some of the prisoners took a lead in this, Max in particular, the, uh, the guy who was in the first clip, um, helped all these guys a lot and it became something that they were doing. It was a project and they were rock stars and, hey, brother, what are you doing in there? You know, singing the song, oh, we're, we're doing the songs now, etc. You know, so it became a big thing in the prison and by... and and, and that... Song and dance act with the alcohol was near the end of our shoot, and you could see the difference in that person just being involved in that period. Yeah.
1: And in terms of so those the individuals, so that they're experiencing an arc in their lives by taking mm. part. How were you? What was your um, feeling about the structure of the film in terms of the arc that you wanted the audience to go on? Um. The journey.
5: Uh, again it's like any documentary you kind of have an idea when you're filming it and then when you get into the edit room you throw all that away and you start again um i think uh the fact that we had the songs first um uh really helped um us to kind of think about the structure and the journey uh, the highs and lows Uh, the fact that each of the songs has its own particular style um which is done not just from a, a reflecting the participant in the, in the interview, um, but also uh, reflecting an audience's taste as well. If we'd done it all hip hop, um, I'm pretty sure we would have uh, chased everybody away from the film. So um, we had to make sure that there was that diversity in there as well. So uh, yeah, it was, um, I've forgotten the question now. What were we talking Just the, about? Just
1: the sort of the arc of the film itself, so the, yeah. where you wanted to take the audience in the film.
5: Well, again, it was never. Um, I think just to be clear, it was never about um, uh, apologising for the people that were in the film. Um, we were very clear and understanding uh, and upfront with people participating as well that, you know, it's not our role as documentary filmmakers to try and uh, declare innocence on these particular people and victims of the system and all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, um, you know, they've been through uh, the justice system and they've been found guilty and that's why they're in, so inside jail. Um, our our process was much more about just exploring who these people were and how they came to be there um, and giving that opportunity um, to them to to speak about that. Uh, so, yes, in terms of the arc, it was very much about um, taking audiences on a journey that reflected not just individual uh, experiences of incarceration but the the broader experience of Aboriginal people going through uh, the jail system as well.
1: If those of you who haven't seen the film, I mean... it. One of the things I was really impressed with by the film is that you're you know one of your characters says in the film, "You know I killed my girlfriend it, it you didn't shy away from the fact that this isn't all about as you say victims in prison and some there's been stuff go down, stuff's gone down yeah. and and like you know max at the front he owns it, man, he owns it. I hurt people and mm-hmm. and that's really great too that there's a sense of ownership because they own their situation, they kind of own the songs. That's just, my, mm. that's just my personal view, but I think that's really powerful. The thing in the film, um, I'm just I'm tempted, I, I do want to open it up to the audience first, uh, to the audience to, to you guys for, <laughs> for questions. So, but I'll just ask one. So, you've taken the film back in, they've seen the film. How did they respond, obviously, to, to the film? What's the response been <laughs> that
0: they well, they loved it.
5: I don't think I've ever been more terrified.
1: We were terrified
0: too because it is very
5: much we we still have the Mm. you can leave the film at any point card on the table so we're taking this final version of this film (laughs) into the prison and um. You might
2: walk out with a 15 minute film (laughs) by the
5: end of
3: it (laughs) (laughs) Well that was a
5: very real possibility um uh but yeah it was absolutely terrifying uh but I think it went down pretty well.
0: Yeah and uh one of the really lovely um he just retired guards, I don't know what they're called, officer, screw, whatever. He's, he's a lovely man and he goes to me because cause we didn't even have a screen to show. We had to show it on laptop, flip top because there's just no facilities. So anyway.
5: Good luck finding a DVD player in a prison. Yeah. yeah
0: and um, so anyway, we did that and uh, on the way out he goes, oh, my God, he goes, That's really awesome. Because I thought it would sort of be just like, you know, boring. (laughs) You know, he couldn't keep his eyes off the screen. And and everyone was incredibly happy and proud. And as I said, I was stoked to be working on such a film that had intent, you know, transparency and integrity. And, you know, their mob's still close and ring and Facebook when they're mm-hmm. out and sometimes they've got to go back in for a visit, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, there's uh, there is a, a you know a long term, especially from my from my point of view, and I live in Darwin, so we get to see and.
1: Did they ask to, did, Were there any requests for changes?
4: There was some. There was there were a couple of changes. There were a couple of errors mm. that we fixed. Uh, somebody's age was wrong. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sin of sins, but, yes. But in the in the overall scale of things, there was there was one particular song which which you haven't seen today, which we had to completely restructure as a result of some family business and some issues. Right. Uh, sorry, business. Yeah. Mm. What was that?
0: Sorry, sorry, business.
4: Yeah, it was about it was it was complex, but it can get very complex, mm. and and it was sorted, and he's still in the film. And he agreed, it, it actually, you know, from a producer's point, it suddenly cost another 10 grand to sort this problem, to actually fly back up and down to, from Perth to Darwin about three times. Mm. But we did, we started, I had never actually met the commissioner until I screened him the film. And we were, ter- you can imagine how sweaty that was um, to actually show mm. this film.
5: Big boardroom, lots of oh, was, suits. Yeah, it was <laughs> just a one-on-one to start
4: with. And, and he said... I wasn't too sure about, I started watching it, and I wasn't too sure about that Berriman Hilton, which is the bit that we had right at the very beginning. Um, and then I, oh, I get it. And he said I really, he really liked it, and he asked whether it could be used for his outreach program, and I thought, great. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. that, so we then went and screened it to each of the prisoners, often in just groups of one or two, so that they felt totally happy about uh, talking about any problems that they had. And nobody had any problems with the exception of this one particular very technical cultural issue. Ooh. And um, I said, oh, the boss likes it. And they went, oh, it'll be crap. And then they liked it. So that wow. was a huge, you know, for, from from the production side that everybody liked the film.
1: Did you have, was there, there's victims involved.
4: In, yes.
1: So what was the, was there a process in terms of dealing with the victims on the outside if there'd been crimes of violence? There was
4: an official process where... So the selection process of getting the guys was quite complex. And first of all, you had to get people who wanted to be in it. Then you decided from those, we selected people. Then the prison went through and uh, said, who are those people they they thought were okay to be in in the film. We then had to appeal against half of their decisions and get a lot of them back in the film. Uh, then we then in in about four or five situations where there had been violent crime uh, against Sexual people, assault, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually had to go and get the family's involvement and got their approval, and uh, that all went through. The film was screened. There were a few Facebook and and social media comments at the end saying these guys are starring as heroes. What about the Problems that they cause when they are on the outside, etc., etc. But there was, n- like, I would say, a ninety-eight percent positive reaction. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: sure. Mm. I just wondered: is there another song that you guys love that you would want to share with <laughs> us? It's a bit cruel because we didn't plan that. But is we there didn't. one more? Can you do? Didn't. Didn't be able No before. pressure. No, <laughs> but it's just so great to have you both here, and you know, we um, don't have to pay extra.
2: <laughs> 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 trying to think what we should do what should what what we do shall? Um, whatever um. <coughs> what do you, uh, God has a reason because that way I can just yes. play the guitar
4: yeah. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the f- film closes with a beautiful spiritual song of a woman who's been busted for importing a large amount of drugs who uh, is also a, for anybody that hasn't seen the film uh, is also a pastor yeah. and so this is her song
2: Well the lights come down It's good (laughs) (laughs)
0: I've known Hard times before Fortune Overturning Done my share Of learning Got so I fell to the floor, took out to the savior to brighten my behavior. Now I've been tested and suffering. Come. I cling to the cliff top, I'm dangling from darkness below me. I can't let it go, hold on, cause deep down I know God has a reason, God has a plan, destiny man, for each woman and man, I know that he moves mysterious ways, give me the strength get through these days give me the strength to get through these days oh give me the strength to get through these days
1: see that was worth getting up
0: this morning, yeah. Sorry, I only sang half of it. Cause <laughs> it's a long time. I no, had I a brain know. fart. <laughs> 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 it's really great. Um, but yeah. So, and I, I was stoked to, you know, write <laughs> that. She was overwhelmed that that song. You know, she was so proud to send it to her family, and um, she was, in, and she was a beautiful singer and. I, it was funny because when when I first met this lady, I was thinking, "Hey, look at that, Look like angel." You know, she just was so helpful, so kind. And I went, "Oh, but she's in prison. I wonder what you're here for."
4: <laughs> serious, no. serious, serious crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, and she's Maori rather than Aboriginal. Yeah, right. yeah. And so, was there a, a thought that that was moving outside your by the nose?
4: There was no intention to do actually an indigenous yeah. film specifically. Mm. It's eighty-five percent indigenous uh, incarceration in that film, uh, in, in that prison, and we started out and we did have some we did have white non-indigenous yeah. sure. uh,
5: inmates who we had they shortlisted to be involved out. in the film. They just Dropped out, yeah.
1: Right. Was was there... uh, Last question for me, sorry. Was there ever... Did any of them get hassled by the other side? oh, you wanker, what do you think you're doing? You think you're big? Was there any of that kind of, you know, aggro from the prisoners who weren't involved that you
5: know of? Look, I mean, you have to kind of assume that something along those lines must have been going on. But Mm. there wasn't anything that was evident while we were there. Um, (coughs) We had a
4: couple of very strong people. Phil, the guy who, who opens, who's doing the Berrimi Hilton... Was a very strong person inside the prison, and I think if he was on board, everybody else would have right. to uh, pay attention. And that's mm.
1: often the case in documentary.
4: And also, yeah. uh, the uh, the prison provided us with a uh, a guy, a guide, who was a, sen- a, a recently retired senior warder, who was also a, a, an elder in the in the community, and that was an excellent bridge between the prisoners and the prison. Authorities, yeah.
5: kind of like a fixer in a way within with the prison yep. walls. So even though he wasn't officially employed by the prison, still as as his role, he just had enough of that which, reputation and, and which experience. Which is an important. If you are
4: thinking, you know, deconstructing how these films are made, that isn't a very important thing that you actually have to have liaison, both yeah. with the institution or wherever it is mm-hmm. that you're trying to put this thing on, mm-hmm. and 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 the subjects. You uh, need
1: people on your side, don't you? I yeah. mean, documentary is all about I'll having ask. people on your correct.
4: side. correct, getting the doors open. When 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 they performed, generally everybody else had to be locked away. So there was, there would often be a certain amount of grumbling and rumbling and then the poor dude that was singing would actually have to walk out in the quadrangle by himself in front of the cameras and sing. Um, But because the songs were great, what we we got in the way of doing was everybody would be locked away watching and then we'd just play the songs for a while. And they loved the songs. And so that worked for us as well, uh, just in the actual making. So everyone's going, hey, that's a good song. then they'd start singing and and yelling out and go, you know, go brother, etc. Having
5: having a strong story, I think, is one thing. I think having people watch it is another. And I think you need to have that level of entertainment in there Mm -hmm. in order to engage people. So I think that that was kind of the strategy moving forward with the... With the form was to have uh, a way for people to be reached um, through the music. Uh, from my perspective, and I, I think entertainment's incredibly important for for any film, and uh, that was certainly the case with this one. Yeah,
0: and like you know, too and I think this is really important. You know,
5: it's um, not medicine. You know what I mean? It's kind of there has to be something in there, some sugar in there as well, to kind of make it a bit more digestible.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you, and also that you know. Nobody just sit around mm. and not laugh in there. It's quite a funny place, you know. It's really hysterical. I had the best days out there. I didn't want to go home. I thought <laughs> this is too much fun. No, truly. It's really... So that, I think, was important too, to you know, just don't sit around, sorry, ass, you know, yeah. head down. Of course and there's that too, but there's a great support network for each other, you know, especially the woman's side and that's really yeah
5: there's a humanity that exists within the walls of that's film. right yeah. and to yeah. me that's at
2: the film's core as well yeah. the 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 fact that if you don't show um, the folks with the sense of humor and the folks having fun then you, then you're dehumanizing them again mm. in another mm. way you're just saying they here they are they're just misery. those they're
5: miserable wretches. they're bad mm. yeah
0: and yeah. that that, and that was in the film as well you know the depression and you could see it and the, mm. and the
5: internal yeah. struggles and you're, things like that yeah mm.
3: Mm.
5: So we were very clear up front that it was a documentary musical, that there would be a a level of singing involved. And um, our initial approaches to the prison and to the inmates themselves was through uh, the internal uh, music program that they ran within the prison. So um, there was a facilitator there, a a music teacher, um, uh, Jeff, who was just an absolutely amazing bloke, who uh, really helped us to bridge... What could have been a very uncomfortable documentary crew? There's a bunch of people who were going to get filmed, like, and to kind of give uh, uh, some reassurance to those guys that we were uh, on uh, on the up and up, and that we were, um, you know, good intentions, and but also that we were going to be doing music. It wasn't just going to be sitting in front of a camera and talking about how terrible your life is. Yeah. <laughs> I like the
2: thought of saying something like, "Yeah, that's that's incredible that trauma that you suffered." Now three four. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's no. also. I think actually, we were, as an outsider, having seen the film and uh, but without knowing any of you, it's really obvious that the work you do in your own life, that your connection with these issues and the and the work you do comes through in this project. And I can't even actually imagine somebody else.
5: Well, I was you? about to say, I think. You know i think shelley was probably more in, in some ways more important to this film than, than i was as a director i wasn't you know, going to say about, that no I, i'm saying it um, <laughs> not, not too well, well, no, fast no, i'm serious because i mean she this is a lady who obviously before we even came up with this concept had been working with indigenous remote mm. indigenous communities using music therapy to talk through these types of issues with people to go into prisons and do the same thing within the prison system up there in mm. darwin so you know why reinvent the wheel? You know? It's yeah, like the for best sure. person the most qualified person in the country to be on this film. I
0: loved, you know, what Kellric had done because when you watched it I, this is how I felt and I was we were just about living in that place, as I said. But when we watched the film, the, I forgot that they were incarcerated. I just saw people and that was really incredible and well done to you, Kel, for that.
5: As I said before, I mean I think the editing room's incredibly uh, different process altogether in a way to, you know, when you're making documentary it's a whole another way of making the film um, in a sense but uh, yes there was uh, certainly a lot of interviewing um, and I uh, don't, did we do in- audio interviews? I can't remember. No, how. I, no, no, I think we just, we just went and did the interviews.
4: We did about five hour interviews with each of our key yeah. people yeah. two cameras so you and get those interviews, transcribe th- them, then write yeah. the songs, yeah. and then Four com- months, ma- pull it all so back together. Yeah. Yeah. And really did you excellent.
1: do any editing before you? Re- sorry to jump in. Did you do any editing before you recorded the the, so- the numbers? Had you gone in and done any sort of, okay, we're going to go from that bit into a song, or did you do everything after?
5: Everything was done in the edit room. Yeah, I mean. But
1: did you split the edit between uh, a little no. bit? Of, no. no. Okay.
5: It was one edit. One edit. Because we were trying to get
4: back. Into the prison as quickly as we could, because um, because we were, we had the prison, you know, you, you mm. didn't want anything to stop once mm. you got going. So trying to get back as quickly as you could. Yep.
0: Um It was about four months, I think, um, but that was fairly consistent and and going in.
4: Yeah,
0: quite but it wouldn't a lot have been <coughs> that long to
4: teach them <coughs> the song, so they they got their songs hey, we, and then yeah, put, yeah. laid down their tracks. How long would that take? I oh, would. Um. Well.
5: So the process was these guys was did, the, did the temp versions, mm. and then, um, and so they had a CD, each of the inmates had like a CD mm. within the prison um, to listen, listen to, to so that they could familiarise themselves okay. with the song. And then we uh, made a date basically to come back in and yeah. record How those.
2: How much later was that? I'm trying to remember.
4: It, it wasn't, it it wasn't, it wasn't actually No, it wasn't before. It, it wasn't months, like no. months, but It was actually about. It wasn't. About maybe three weeks of, to record it. It wasn't a big gap, no. Wasn't it? No. Oh no. God, so we that's right?
5: interesting, though.
1: They, so they <laughs> had, had a recording... Around, and they
5: were
4: immersed.
0: <laughs> <floating around laughs>
5: the
1: yeah. Yeah. They had a recording of you two singing the songs yep. that they right. could mm. listen to before. right, that's right. right. Yes. That's
0: and
4: good. then that was laid down, and they kind of just sang over the top of that. And we oh, sort of story. said to
5: them, look, we're going to be back in X weeks, mm. and we're going to be filming... Oh, recording, sorry. Recording the tracks mm. in the studio with our music producer... And um, yep. and then that would be turned into the final version. Yeah,
4: called Auto Tune. Yes, but you did you did have to coach them through. Yeah,
0: had right? to coach. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, because the if you if you look at the first interviews and then you look at them doing their song, they, it's nearly like they're different people because of the self confidence that came out. eh? Mm. Malcolm was you know terrified, low literacy, You know some of our family and um, yeah, they nailed it and i was just so proud eh? I've been working with Renato um, from Groot, we turned actually this film into a stage musical for the Darwin Festival, so he got employment out of that and so I'm in contact with Molly um, Malcolm Max Um, yeah, I think that's about it from the film I know Dale's family very well
4: yeah, so it's an it's an ongoing process. The film was in NADOC week. Was so what happened is we filmed that, and then they basically closed the prison. They were in the process of closing the prison while mm. we were filming it, yeah. and they moved everybody to a new uh, new prison, where which did have audiovisual. So it, during NADOC week last year, it was screened to the entire prison uh, in Darwin. Uh, since then, we've got we have. Got a large amount of good pitch money, and we're creating a. Or the good pitch people are creating a campaign, for the film to go out. For local, groups, uh, a series of towns in New South Wales in the beginning, and then, hopefully moving across Australia, including back to the Northern Territory, but also for professional, uh, for professional screening, inside prisons and, <coughs> and the judicial system, you know for. uh, lawyers, judges, uh, cops, uh, uh, and correctional services. So not necessarily
5: running that in another prison, but Mm. certainly this being used as a resource for for other people in the justice system.
0: um, Max's dad's a QC, um, his mother from Lajamanu, a Walpuri mob, um, and he made, well because of that connection, all the QCs and as lawyers and judges in Darwin um, watched it. We were very moved and said, oh, maybe, you know, it's changed my perspective on my decision-making. So that was quite cool.
1: And if the purpose of documentary is to knock down walls, I think, you know, you, you've, you've really...
2: We weren't recommending that any there. of those inmates actually knock down Knock down walls. Down walls. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No responsibility. It is an example okay. of a
1: film with a long tail, though. I, yes. I, I fear, Harry, you'll be fielding calls for many, many years uh, to
5: come.
4: You of can the buy album. the album right now on yeah.
5: iTunes. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> question.
4: Through karma. And and it is on iTunes, yeah. as is the film.
1: I'd like you to thank these guys for making a beautiful film. <clears throat> you
0: have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com
1: slash acmeonline or the ACME website.